What's up? I hope you're having a great day. It is I, Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt, having ZG back on again today to preview the NBA Finals. Cannot wait to get into it. Sorry for the long hiatus. Indy 500 was in town, so I had a bunch of extra stuff to do here at work, but we are back. Cannot wait to get into it. But first, Double B, Bruce Buffer. Thank you, Bruce. He's back. The only guy that I want to talk NBA playoffs with, especially all things considered, he predicted the entire Eastern Conference. Zach Gray is back. What's up, bro? I'll take my victory lap. That's fine. Go ahead I'm and take it. I'm glad you had me back on so I could, you know, circle the wagons, let everybody know I told you so. And I was I was in on the Celtics before it was cool. You were, without a doubt. Part of the pitch to get you back on, because when I texted you this morning, the response was maybe. And I was like, you know what? We have to give him a chance to give the victory lap. I think that'll definitely put it over the top where, where he's got to come back. You sold it well, because I like moved some stuff around in my busy schedule <laughs> um, to, to be able to do it tonight. So uh, when you texted me and said, uh, we're going to talk about how right you were, I was like, well, I can, I can do that tomorrow. Whatever I had planned, I can do that tomorrow. For sure. So, dude. Okay, now, I, I do want to kind of scratch myself on the back. Kind of. I can't, I can't do it as much as you. But I believe that my, my quote was, before the playoffs started, whoever wins the Brooklyn Nets-Boston Celtics series will win the East. Now, did I pick the Boston Celtics? I, I did not. <laughs> I did not do that. But those words definitely came out of my mouth. Well, you know, you were right in a sense. Um, in a sense, but, we we knew yeah. that the two best teams in the Eastern Conference were playing in that series. No, you <laughs> knew that. I did not. I was not in on the Nets. But you were not. I I knew the best team in the East was playing in that series. Correct. You did you did? <laughs> All right, man. So I'm just I'm I'm gonna let you go first. Tell me how are you feeling? We we both came up short on the the Western Conference Finals. We don't have to talk about that though. Uh, so just tell me how are you feeling going going into the series. We can talk a little bit about the Marcus Smart comments too. We can get we can get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you just the, the the floor is yours. Um, I just I can't doubt the Warriors anymore, man. Like oh, I just either. I can't I can't bet against them. I can't say that they're gonna, you know, all these holes that we see and you know the turnovers and you know whatever else negative that you have to say about the Warriors at this point, throw it out the window. Yep. Does not matter. <laughs> At all. Not even a little bit. At all. It's like, you know, I everybody knows who I'm going to pick because I got to ride with my guys. But For sure. A- as you should. Yeah. But on Tuesday, a couple of days out from, the, from game one, like, it's hard for me to, like, have an opinion on the series to where, like, it, it might change, like, Thursday right yeah. before the game. Like that's, how, like, that's how up in the air it is for me. Okay. I'm, I'm with that. It is not as up in the air for me. I'm I feel pretty solid about who I'm gonna pick. If you if you read the blog, the Schmidt dot or the Schmidt dot substack dot com, then you, you already know who I'm taking. Thank I'm you. Subscribed. By I'm the way, subscribed you subscribed. I'm here for yep. it. Thank you. And um so if if you read that, then you, you already know who I'm taking. If you haven't, you sh- you should check it out. It's pretty solid. It's it's a little bit different than than what we got going on over here. But anyway, enough of the 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 free pub for, for the blog. Oh, um, plug it, plug it. 
So I <laughs> get your ad out there. I'm I'm so excited, and I'm I'm going to ask you this question a little bit earlier than I wanted to. But do we remember? I, I know you do. Do you remember how old LeBron James was when he won his first in, NBA title? Was he 20, 27? 27? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Michael I Jordan so. was twenty six. I don't know. It's 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 older than Jason Tatum is right now. Yeah. And no, look, I I'm getting way ahead here. But dude, like, there's a legit possibility where Jason Tatum is set up on potential undefeated Finals watch. From, like, if if he wins this one. Because I think it's safe to say that, like, the Warriors' decline is coming within the next probably two or three years. Step, steps 34. You know, and when you look at the East, it looks like it's going to be Bucks, Bucks or Celtics coming out of the East every year. And when you look at the West, the Suns are probably about to take a step back when Chris Paul retires. The Mavericks are on the come up, but the Mavericks have a history of not being able to provide their superstar a solidified number two. And when you look at like when you look at the West outside of that, I don't really know who else is making a push to be a legit contender on like a consistent basis. And so we could potentially have a run here where it's the Bucks and the Celtics battling for NBA titles every year. So they're either getting there and winning it or they're coming up short and we don't we don't talk about it in 15 years. I think like we could really see a legit thing where Jason Tatum goes undefeated in the finals. Like that's a legit possibility. You're out of your mind. Really? You think so? You're insane, Jonathan. I just, you know. Okay. Let's win one Tell me first. Huh? I'm, I'm saying like if if he wins this one. And there's always going to be teams that get better. There's always teams that are going to hit in the draft. Giannis is still alive on this that's, earth. See, that's that that's part of my point. Like they're either going to get there and probably win it or they're not going to get there at all. And like when we look at the Michael Jordan thing, I know that's that, that's your favorite thing to point out. Is he doesn't get there every year of his career, but when he gets there, no, he does. There win. was no playoffs those years. He didn't win. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't do the playoffs. I'm just. Years. I'm saying, like, there's a legit no, possibility. I I get what you're saying. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but I would say, yeah, I would say they're they're set up here. Um, they, I mean, for as young as they are, the experience they have is crazy. It I really mean, is. Jason Tatum, on, think, only 19. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. When <laughs> when you look at like them playing in the finals this year and you know they already have a game seven against prime lebron under their belt they have a bunch of moments in in the postseason where you know usually we would look at team like this and be like oh they gotta take their lumps like they're young like they gotta but they have they're young and they've already taken those lumps for sure and man they're set up well them winning game seven I'm, i'm so glad that that they did i just they're so much better set up to play against the Warriors than the Miami Heat are. Fun fact. You probably already know this because you listen to the, the BS pod. The Celtics are the only team with a winning record against Steve Kerr since he started coaching the Warriors. Oh, wow. Which is a wild stat. Wow. Like, now obviously, you know, regular season, a little bit different. Guys in and out of the lineup. Guys get hurt and stuff. But still, like, Steve Kerr's been there long enough that I think this is a legit thing that we can look at and man, they match up really well, especially defensively. Like tall, long wings. You got a guy, Marcus Smart, who you can put on, who's going to make it it's really tough on Curry. Um, you know, like I said, tall, long wings. They're going to be tough offensively, I think, for Golden State as well. And I, I mean, like, I definitely think matchup wise, this favors the Celtics. You're falling into the trap. Oh, I'm, maybe I am. Maybe I am. You, 
<laughs> when are we going to learn that the matchups don't matter with this team, with this Ooh. Warriors team? Well, look, man, the, the three-point line covers all, every single sin, okay? Like, if you consistently make three-pointers, you make up for a lot of things. And now, for the first time in my life, I, I, had to, I rooted against the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And it's insane how you're up by 20 and you don't feel like it because you just know that the, the, the back-to-back-to-back three-pointers are coming. And yeah. it is just, like I said, like it's, it's, it is the greatest equalizer in sports outside of maybe the, the, the home run ball. But, I mean, like it is just so crazy how, the way that that works. But I, yeah, you're right, though. I, I might be slipping into the trap a little bit. What, what do you think matchup-wise? What, what's kind of your thoughts well, on that? I, I mean, if you, know what you're, if you know what you're looking at, you're on paper, you're like, okay, you know, there's not a team that I would pick that would be able to match up against this Warriors team on the defensive end. You know, they have three legitimate wing defenders that can, that can, that are switchable. They have bigs that are switchable that can hang, you know, on the perimeter. I'm not saying that you want to get Curry and Horford on an Island, like, but you know, a couple a possession where he gets switched on to them, they can find a way to get some stops there. Yeah. Like defensively, you couldn't have asked for a better matchup. Uh, when it comes to seeing, you know, that firepower, that dribble drive, that, you know, pull up game and Udoka's defense. Now, the thing is, is like, if they just had that, I'd pick the Warriors. I think their offense can beat their defense. But then you got guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that can give you 30 a night. And it's like, I I know what the Warriors are. I'm done doubting them this season. They're going to be tough as hell to beat. They are. But if there was a team that was going to beat them this year... It's Boston. It's Boston. And I, I, I do want to switch, because I think, you know, part of what part of what I fell into picking against the Warriors in the last series is all I thought about was how are the Warriors going to guard the Mavericks? And they, they figured that out. Like, Andrew Wiggins did a great job. I think they're going to probably stick Andrew Wiggins on Jason Tatum. Is Andre Iguodala ever going to play? I mean, I, I, I don't. Not. I don't think he moves the needle enough. But like he's <laughs> he, he's another body that that you can throw out there. You know, they've got some injuries. I think Otto Porter Jr. is another defender you can throw out there. Do well, we see Jonathan? Do we see Jonathan Kaminga? Probably not. I don't. I don't think. Well, we might. He's a really good defender. He just doesn't bring much offensively. It seems like they like Moody right now more than Kaminga. Well, he can space the floor more, and yeah. he's you know he's six six with long arms and should be a good defender one day. I, I still don't think he's quite. There athletically, but you know we'll see. I, I'm trying not to be super biased because, as we know, go Hawks. Anyway, yeah, go Hawks. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, to your Iguodala point, I mean he's done, man. Even if oh, he yeah. played, he's done. But I was going around work today, uh, yelling "blocked by James" in Mike Green's <laughs> voice. I was like, "Curry to <laughs> Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala." Oh, blocked by James. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Speaking of LeBron James, I, I do want to talk about the Marcus Smart comment. Now, I don't, I don't know what the question was. And if you haven't heard the comment, basically he came out and said that if they had beaten the Cavs in 2018, they would have beaten the Warriors. And let me just say, first off, no way. It's ridiculous. Like, we're, we're hesitant to pick you in this series. And the Warriors were <laughs> way better in 2018 than they are now. And the Celtics yeah, also mean, weren't as good as they are now. It's just Marcus Smart being Marcus Smart. Which, like, I love it. And there's a part of me that I, I, I wish 
I wish I knew, like, what happened at the press conference. Like, if he came in, sat down, said no questions, opening statement, in 2018, we, we, <laughs> we would have beaten them, so I'm not worried about them now. Then, like, that's one thing. But if a reporter, like, asked the question of, like, in 2018, like, do you think you guys would have beaten them? Like, he has to say yes. You can't say yeah, no I to guess. that question. I don't know. It's it's pretty easy to just go, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we would have. We didn't get a chance to play them. Like, we had a tough series against the Cavaliers. Like, I would have loved the opportunity to play them. And then it, you, you could have left it at that. But like I said, it's just Marcus Smart being Marcus Smart. And, dude, no, you would not have. There's no way. <laughs> Four games. That's it. Sweep. We'll see you. Yeah. But, but no, that, that, that comment, though, is why... I like the Celtics because they have blind confidence. Yeah. They think they're the greatest. And you know what's actually crazy about this season compared to all the other seasons? Their confidence might actually match their talent and their ability and their ability to win. And that's scary. That is. And if they can keep this momentum going and if if they can, you know. If they can be healthy, that's a big thing for me. They, they've been really banged up, especially in, you know, the Miami series. What, Marcus Smart missed two games? Two games. Two games. Al Horford missed one. one right? And so, you know, if, if look, if they're not healthy, I don't think they Robert have a shot. Robert Williams. Yeah, Robert Williams has missed games. Like, if they're not healthy, I don't think they have a shot, obviously. And th- yeah, and it's – I'm glad they're getting, you know, a little bit more extended rest than they were when they were playing in the uh, conference finals. I think, man – Health is such an important thing, and I know that's cliche, but like, yeah, I mean, you miss a guy like Robert Williams, you know, you miss a guy like Horford, you know, guys like that, like that swings games, that swings series. And I really pray to God and the basketball gods that this can be a straight up series with no injuries, no no fluke. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, even if it wasn't the Warriors and the Celtics, like, that's that's what we would want. And man, I just I'm I'm so excited for this series. I I just man, I I this is the most excited I think I've been for a finals in a while. Cuz especially the first Warriors finals I think I've been excited for. Just cuz like, you know, obviously, you know, they they lost to the one against the Cavs and things, but they they just they feel so unbeatable and now they they look human. And I think both teams have really been kind of up and down, like, you know, Boston comes out in the first series, they sweep Brooklyn, they put everybody on notice, like, like we're, we're here, and we're for real. And then, you know, they, they play Milwaukee, and, you know, you can make the argument that, like, they could have won the series sooner with, without Middleton, and they looked, I wouldn't say shaky, but, like, not as good as they looked against Brooklyn. They play the series against Miami, they're banged up. Jason Tatum has the game where he only scores eight points, and it just feels like since that series, they've been kind of up and down, but at the same time, it's a seven-game series. You only have to play really well four times. And then, You're playing the best teams in, in basketball. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the narrative that they've, like, looked, like, shaky. Like, they've went through Durant and Giannis and then, like, structurally probably the best-built team in basketball when it comes to those intangible things, like, you know, fighting and will to win and stuff like that. Yeah. And apparently Jimmy Butler turns into Superman. Like, those are not three easy teams to get through. For sure, yes. And they yes. did it, and it looked like they were the better team in all three series. Yes, I, I t- totally agree. And then I, I think you, the, kind of the same thing with Golden State, right? Like, you know, they, they come out series one, and, you know, Denver doesn't have 
uh, Murray or or Michael Porter Jr. So they they roll, and then the second series they just you know against Memphis, like if Memphis has John Morant, that series gets a little dicey, you know. Oh yeah, and so they squeak by there, even though they won games that they won games that they shouldn't have won. And that's part of, like, what scares you if you're playing against the Warriors. They have the ability to do that. And then from there, they, you know, they, they play the Mavs, and they just, they, they, looked at, they looked the best that they've looked all year. And it's part of it because they're playing the Mavericks, maybe. Um, but at the same time, like, that's, that's a good Mavericks team who beat, who beat Phoenix. And so I just, man, like, I'm, I just, I, I don't know what we're going to get from this series. Like, if Boston won in five, I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State won in five, I wouldn't be surprised. And if it went seven, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, yeah. the outcome of the series is really up in the air for me. That's what I was saying. You know, we record this, we're recording this Tuesday night. If we did this a day later, I don't, I think I might have a different opinion. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I, right now, I literally am like, okay, well, the Celtics, their defense, they have ability to score, they match up well, they got guys out, they got, you know, big men that can, you know, come out on the perimeter and hold their own, you know, all these things that are pro Celtics. And then you, you, then you're like, oh, well, it's the Warriors and they just figure it out. They do, man. And, you know, part of that is Steve Kerr's a really good head coach. I, I, I love him. He's, he's done really well. And I'm, I'm excited to see Steph Curry play defensively this series because watching him in that Maverick series, he worked so hard to not have to switch onto Luca. It was really that's one of the things from the series. <laughs> it was he was that really popped most, out. That's the hardest I've seen someone work not to guard someone. Yeah, and it like, was so <laughs> impressive. Like the way he would hedge and keep it from happening was really impressive. And <laughs> it's just funny to me that he was he was putting all of his effort on defense to not guard someone. That's hilarious. Seriously. And I I I'm interested to see how Boston attacks Golden State offensively. Because, like, you know, Andrew Wiggins, tall, long, very good defender. Draymond Green, I don't know who he's going to guard. Horford, probably? Probably. That'll, Horford, be an, yeah. that'll be a fun matchup, too. Because I think those guys are probably a little bit more similar than we realize on, on oh, both yeah. ends. On both ends of the floor. Uh, Al Horford, definitely the better shooter. Um, but yeah, I'm just, the, the matchups are so interesting. Because like, I, I, I don't know who, who you're going to put Curry on. Well, that's that's always their thing. Yeah, that's true. It's that all, always their thing. <laughs> that's always their thing. Then that's funny you brought that up. Like I was gonna, I was just about to ask you, you know, what matchups intrigue you because, you know, honestly, and I know I'm, I know I'm so high on the Celtics, but I trust me, I'm not sleeping on the Warriors here. I, I, I don't want it to make you made that clear. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I know, but I want to make it abundantly clear because I get <laughs> I'm giving big ups to the Celtics here. Yeah. Draymond, like, might get played off the floor. Really? I don't think there's... I, no, he's too important offensively for How? him to not play. Horford is, Horford is going to give him fits. He's going to get into him. And then, I, I mean, Draymond can guard him, but, like, that's not what Horford does. I just don't see the value for Draymond on the floor other than, you know, what... I just don't... I'll put it this way. I think Draymond's going to have a bad series. I'll put it that way. That's, he might not get okay. played off the floor, but I think he's going to play poorly. And that's I, I like that take. That's very very possible. Yeah, man. Yeah, it'll. Be, I just think Horford just presents challenges that he's not used to facing. Yeah, a he guy does. that can. Yeah, a guy that is smart, knows what he's doing, 
been around a long time, will bang with you. Can, can also get out there on up. the perimeter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be fun. I just the thing with the Warriors is like, I don't know. I'm 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 so interested to see because both teams switch so much defensively that like, especially Boston. Like you know, obviously because with Golden State, you know they're gonna try to keep Curry on whoever they want him to be on. Outside of that, they're pretty willing to switch. Boston just switches everything though, and so it'll be interesting to see if they try and run actions to get Horford off of Draymond Green. Which is a really weird thing to say, but just so that it's easier for him to run the offense. Yeah, and I think I think Kavon Looney's just that, does he even play. Uh, he'll probably be on the floor when Williams is on the floor. Like if right, if, but, but he's not going to he's not going to do the things that he was doing against Dallas. Oh no, he won't. No, no, he he's won't. not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to rebound that well. He's not going to be able to to crash the offensive glass that well. Well, I mean, there's look, just he, a lot of he grabbed a 20. lot of things. He grabbed twenty yeah. in the closeout game against Memphis. There's a lot of things yeah. I know. Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole, except Jordan Poole has like kind of been up and down, very Jordan Clarksony. Yeah, but there's just a my issue is not you know the three on three, the big three for like the big three for the Celtics and the big three for the Warriors. Like I just my advantage in my head for the Celtics is that they have competent bigs. That the Warriors aren't haven't really seen. I know they've seen Jokic, but Jokic was he's different. It, he's he's not he's not that he's not that. And they were yeah. not afraid to attack him like on drives for sure. They're gonna they're gonna be afraid to drive in on Robert Williams. They're gonna be afraid to drive in on on Horford. And even if you get you know Marcus Smart down there, like there's a lot of things that people I think are seeing but ignoring on the Celtics side about how good they really are and how good they. How like malleable and and you know they can do a bunch of different things a bunch of different ways just like we talk about with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, it's um, like like I said, like this is going to be a a great. I'm series. so pumped, by the way. Like it's, I don't know, like you said, I don't know when the last time I've been this excited for a finals is. Yeah, seriously, probably the last time LeBron James played in one, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. 2020. <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> but yeah, man, like. Like you're you're a hundred percent right. Like the things that Boston can do, especially on the defensive side of the floor, is there's no other team in the NBA who who can do what what they do. But then again, there's no other team in the NBA who can do what Golden State does Facts. on offense. Which Facts. that's you know like that that's going to be the focus of this series. It's it's the high powered offense against the best defense in the league, and so because of that, it's going to come down to the other side of the ball, right? Like what does Boston do? Offensively to consistently generate buckets because they've definitely had stretches throughout the playoffs where they've they've struggled to score, and you know Golden State defensively they're just they're so scrappy. Andrew Wiggins has turned into a number one defender, I, I would say, especially after watching what he did against Luca. Um, I, I think it's safe to say that. I think that he's got the ability to do it. I he does. He, I wouldn't say he's is yet, but he has shown the ability to for sure. And so you know he's going to get the Tatum assignment. Which I think in some ways will be a little bit easier for him than having to guard Luca, just in terms of Tatum's gonna cook him. <laughs> just in terms of like, I feel like there's less to defend. Like you don't have to worry about Tatum posting you up on a consistent basis. You're able to rest a little bit more because he's gonna be off the ball a, a lot more than Luca is. So there's opportunities there. I, I I think it's safe to say that I think this series is gonna come come down to how does Jalen Brown play. And does Clay Thompson shoot the ball well on a consistent basis? Because I've like for Clay Thompson up to this point, 
He's had one game in every series where he's just gone absolutely crazy. And outside yep. of that, he, he hadn't shot the ball well. And, I mean, he's got, he's got to figure it out. Yeah, and I like how, uh, you know, you're focused on the guards. Like, you're, you're kind of seeing it from the guards' perspective as a key. I'm kind of seeing it from the front court. Well, so, I, like, I am an elite pickup basketball point guard. So that's oh probably gosh. what it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, but, but really, though, like, this is what great podcasting is, right? You get all kinds of angles. You get all different sides. Like, you're talking about guard play. I'm talking about the big men. Like, what, where else would you go for your finals preview? Oh, I seriously. Mean, I don't. I don't know where else you would go, honestly. But yeah, yeah. I'm. But you're right. I. I do think I'm not. I'm. You're right. I'm not focused on the bigs. For me, it's like I'm so excited for the Steph Curry versus Marcus Smart matchup. I'm excited for the. I just. I'm excited to see what Clay Thompson does because, you know, I, like there is. He's got this thing, where in big games he just tends to show up, and you know, obviously in the NBA Finals, like every game is is a big one, and. So he's I'm I'm so intrigued just to see what he does offensively and, and defensively. Because you can make an argument. He's coming around. He is. He's he's gotten better. But is he at the level where like he's probably gonna guard Jalen Brown, would be my guess. He'll probably switch, you know, Marcus, Jalen Brown. He'll probably have Tatum a little bit. Gary Gary Payton should be back too, shouldn't he? I think he is back. And that wow, that's that a throws big, a wrinkle in it. That does throw a wrinkle in it. Wow, I can't believe we're saying that about the seventh best player on the Warriors roster. Dude, this is, it's like uh, every time I think harder and harder about it, it confuses me more, and I don't know what to, what to think about how the series is going. Yeah, and do you know, okay, this is, okay, I just had this thought. Gary Payton is the best version of Bruce Brown. I don't know, Bruce Brown can at least, Bruce Brown's a little better offensively, and I still think that they're very comparable defensively. yeah. Okay, fair. I just they're used really similarly on offense yeah. too. These small guards who can set screens and roll to the rim and finish around the rim. I just I like Gary Payton defensively. It's a it's more. a good comp, and you know Gary Payton's this is what his first legitimate year getting run in the yeah, NBA. It like is. he can keep getting better. He's For allowed sure. to do that. He's got to so shoot like, the ball better, but oh, yeah. that's kind of his big thing. But it, why are we talking about Gary Payton? Because <laughs> it's important. It is because that's how even the series is. Like that can that can be a big difference. Yeah, he he comes in, he hits a few big shots. You know, like it can it can swing a series and if he gives you ten minutes of of good defense or however like I don't know how good a shape he is. I don't know how he's feeling, obviously, but if he can give you ten to fifteen minutes of him just being him, it changes things. It does. And do you how I, I we, we talked about this a little bit. How much of the Warriors rookies do you think we see? I don't know Not how much, much we're gonna see. I Not much. But at the same time, like I, I, the Kaminga thing what? is interesting because he just defensively is a freak. He just he doesn't bring enough offensively. Whereas Moody spaces the floor really, really well, which is going to be really big against a Boston team who is quick and fast and recovers very quickly. Having another guy who can space the floor is big, but defensively, I just don't think he's quite there yet. And you know, but he played big minutes in that Maverick series. Then again, it's a little bit easier because the Mavericks aren't as Let's say spread out offensively when it comes to offensive talent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Who is your? I, I've talked a little bit about this. Who who is your guy that you're just like the weight of the series? I wouldn't say squarely falls on their shoulders, but like if this guy plays extremely well, it's going to be hard for them to not win the series. Jason Tatum. You don't. But my, you don't think he's just going to get his every game? 
He's going to be, he's got to be the guy. He can't be, he can't be, give me eight points a game one time. Or like, you know, he's got to get, he's got to average 30 points a game or close to it. If he does that, they'll win the series. It's on him. He's the best player on their team. He's the leader. Everything goes through him. He's got to step up and be a finals MVP. If he does that, they win. If they don't, they lose. Fair enough. I like it. What do you, what do you think? What do you think about Brown? I'm putting a lot of, you are putting a lot of, of, um, responsibility on Jason Tatum as you should now it's, it's time it is right? time and you know and we know how I've we- been arguing with my buddies about you know is Jason Tatum quote unquote him like is he the leader is he an alpha and I'm saying yeah yeah I he's definitely an alpha oh for I'm sure yes. he's, he's the and, guy and I'm trying to, I'm putting my money where my mouth is and if he is who I say who I said he is he's gonna win finals MVP he's gonna be the best player on the floor both teams. He's going to be the best player on the floor. If they if he does that, they win. If they don't, if he doesn't do that, and he's just kind of Devin Bookery, then they lose. Love that. I love that you said that. That 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 made my night. Yeah, I played I played eighteen <laughs> holes of golf today and sucked it up. That you saying that just you Devin Booker. Oh, out on the golf course. Yeah. No, I uh, I don't think I don't think I played that well. <laughs> it was no, tough. You, you Devin Booker. I um side note. I so a couple weeks ago I shot a personal best 108 nice. on on the golf course. Nice. And which is like, you know, that's double bogey in every hole. Dude, for a guy who hasn't who has who hasn't played 10 games of t- 10 rounds of golf in his life. That's I think it's solid. We haven't come close to 108 since. And uh a lot of like, you know, 130s in there. So one of my good buddies here in Indy, Matt, uh, my guy, Matt. So his dad played college golf. And so he's a very good golfer. And I went out with him and two of his buddies who play very consistently yesterday. And I, he was like, do you want to come play? And I was like, ah, I was like, it's Memorial Day. Let's go play some golf. Why not? Right. And we played one hole. And they're like, you want to keep score? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Matt shot like a 75 his uh, one of his buddies, his brother Eric, quote, didn't play well and shot an eighty three, which is just like, I love to play well and shoot an eighty three, you know. Right. But yeah, all all that to say, Jason Tatum is the reason <laughs> if they win or lose. That's what you were talking. That's your point, right? Yeah. If, if sure. Jason Tatum shoots a one hundred eight or a one thirty, no shot. They're gonna lose. They're gonna if lose. If he shoots an eighty three, they're gonna win. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it back. That's podcast work at its finest right there. Yes, thank That's you. I've been practicing. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Like, what do you think? Who do you think that player is? I, I See, my thing is, I, I, I think Jason Tatum is him, so to speak. So, I think, like, you can chalk him up for 30 a night. Like, I, I, I think he's going to get that. But I don't know if Jalen Brown is, is, like, his Robin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of, like, consistently man. playing at that level. Like, he you, disappears. He, he missed the free throws late in game six. Against Miami, you texted me immediately like he just choked this away, and he did. <laughs> and so I, that's that's my concern for them because like I know Marcus Smart, I know what he's going to bring. I know he's going to be the best defender on the floor. I know that he's going to have a game where he shoots the ball extremely well. I know he's going to take some shots that we don't want him to take. I I, I know what he's going to do. I know what Al Horford's going to be. I feel like I can tell you what every player on that roster is going to do, except for Jalen Brown. And if Jalen Brown is 
20 points a night, shooting like 48% from the floor, I think Boston wins the series. But yeah. if he's if he's not that, then I, I I don't think they do. Yeah, I mean he's he's a wild card man. He's 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 one of the most talented players in the league, but you just don't know what you're getting every night, which is so frustrating, right? Like especially since he's been in the league what six years now, five years, yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. It's like you know if it's like year two, year three, and you're up and down, totally understand it because it's year two, year three. But like by year five, I I need I feel like I should know what you are on a consistent basis, especially with how many playoff games that, that these guys have played in. So you would say, you would say game on the line, Tatum's got the ball, right? Not Jalen Brown? <laughs> without a doubt, yes. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. G- g- give me the guy who shoots, who shoots an 83 on a bad day. Because that's, that's, right. that's, that's who Jason Tatum is. And Jalen right. Brown is, shoots a 130 on a bad day, you know? <laughs> See? We are We're bringing it back. Callbacks, baby. Callbacks. Callbacks. So, we got four minutes before our Zoom's up. I have some, some off-season questions for you, if you, if you don't mind, uh, sure. for the NBA. So, in these last four, four minutes, go ahead and tell me why you're, you're taking the Celtics in six, because that's what I'm assuming you're, you're taking them in. No, it's, it's actually, right now, it's Celtics in seven. Ooh, okay. And I'm only saying seven, because, honestly, right now, I'd, I don't know. Like I've been saying, like I, I have an idea, but I just don't know. And like, I know that's not what we're supposed to do when we get on here and talk sports, but like, it's, it's really hard from all the things that we talked about. I am so high on the Celtics. If they're playing anyone else, I'd be like, Oh yeah, Celtics are going to run through them. You know, they're so much better defensively. They can score and they might be all of those things. They, they might are. be better. Like, the great thing is they can be all of those things and still lose the series. Right, and it's just because of that championship DNA. It's a thing. They just, like I said, against the Maver- when the Mavericks series, I was kind of right on that. I said, you, you know, are. all the things that you, there's just no replacing that experience that I've been there already. The you know what's coming. They haven't seen anything in this series that they haven't seen before. Yeah, for sure. And there is not any measurable. There's no stat. There's no advanced analytic that's that can measure that. And they are really one of those teams where you, they could be down 20, like you said. And I bet Warriors fans are like, we got this. Yeah, like, seriously. We'll go on our little run and we'll be fine. There, there, there's no panic ever. Yeah. And, and that's that's scary. It is. That's scary. It's that's why it's hard for me to pick the, pick the Celtics right now. That is, and everything you just said is why I'm taking the Warriors in seven. Like I, with the experience and everything, I'm surprised you, I'm surprised you said Celtics in seven. Because if it's, if it's a game seven, I would take the Warriors to to win any game seven against anybody because of just ev- everything that they've seen. Caveat, I said Jason Tatum's going to make his ascension. Fair enough, fair enough. And that's that's when you do it. You do it in game seven of the NBA Finals. Yep. So yeah, for everything you just said, the the championship DNA, Clay kind of coming around the corner, I think is big. I, I'm taking the Warriors just really for those reasons. Um, yeah, man, like really n- nothing else to add to it. Give me the experience. Steph Curry finally gets his finals MVP. I it's it's about time. He he should have won it the first time. I still can't believe they gave it to, to, to Iggy Dollar. Golly. Block by James. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. I hope I hope he's back. Like I know he's he's in COVID protocol. We need Mike Breen back for the NBA finals. Dude, he's so good. He is dare I say he's the best broadcaster in sports. 
Dude, he he is unreal. He is. He's like, there's. I would. I don't want to watch basketball game anymore without Mike Breen. Like I was listening to him, his YouTube compilation today, just like thinking about the finals. He is so good. He makes everything so much better. And the guy they had on Game Seven against the Heat was is good too. Oh yeah, but he's for not sure. Mike Breen. You know, Mike Breen is Chris Paul. That's who he is. He comes in. He just he just elevates everything. <laughs> Except he can't doesn't the, blow it to a series late. <laughs> yeah, can't even play. Can't even announce Game Seven. Pretty good. Pretty good comparison. Perfect. Oh man, that's funny. All right. Well, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, one of Zach Gray's favorite players is will be on the move this offseason. I think that's that's definitely been established. Question is, where is he going? We're gonna get into that, but first, we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be right back with more. And we're back. Gonna talk a little bit of offseason stuff before we wrap it up. So I, I don't know how much you've been on Twitter today. But, Too much. Huh? Too much. Too much? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hashtag <laughs> cancel Santa. Anyway, I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was kind of funny. There was a lot of like hashtag cancel Santa. I wanted a PS5 for Christmas and he didn't bring me one. A, a, a lot of stuff like that. Can't relate, but yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw an interesting thing. And it made me so happy because there's nothing I love more in the NBA than seeing Knicks fans struggle. And a report came out from, I believe, James Fisher. He said a trade between the Knicks and the Jazz for Donovan Mitchell is, quote, highly unlikely, which made me so happy. But a trade centered around Tyler Hero for Donovan Mitchell is on the table. Talk about moving the needle for the Miami Heat and going for it. I yeah. I think it'd be huge for him. Um, yeah, I mean that. You know, I don't know if the Jazz. I don't know why the Jazz would do that because you're literally giving the Heat the thing that they need. Fair, but they're they're in the Eastern Conference. I think. Yeah, but still, like, it, 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 do you, is what's Hero going to do for you? As a Jazz, you're used to winning 50 games a year, being a top seed in the West. And I would losing in the first. I would round. hate it. I would hate it because I I want the Celtics reign of terror to continue because I'm now a Celtics fan. I'm about no, say, I'm just kidding. I'm about say, do we have a, a closet <laughs> Celtics fan now? No, no, I'm just kidding. But no, like I would have to. I for the yeah, sign me up if I'm a Heat fan. Yeah, for sure. Sign me up right now. Um, I'd be willing to part ways with Hero. And you know, it's even, like you know, I, I believe Vincent. it's it's hero and multiple first rounders. But like, yeah. But if if Time you get up. if you get out of the Mitchell, you're giving up. You know, the twenty seventh pick. Who cares? Yeah, sign me up, and your picks aren't going to matter at that point. You're gonna you're gonna be a number one number one and number two seed in the East. If you get Donovan Mitchell and you pair him, you know, with the guys they have now, you know, the one thing I am worried about is you know, will he be able to fit in there with that culture? Will he um, play defense? Which you know, culture has. You know, a really unique way of just changing players. And when you get in there with a bunch of guys who are working their butts off, the you know, the Jimmy Butlers and the PJ Tuckers of the world, you you know that you're expected to do the exact same thing. And so I, I think he would fit in. I think he'd actually play defense. He's like he he should be a really good defender and he's just he's not and it's annoying. Yeah, he's got the crazy wingspan and you if this happens, you you will see exactly if he goes to the heat. This is actually, I kind of want it to happen now. You will see exactly what type of player he is. 
Yeah. You will see if he's just a stat pattern, get a bucket guy, or you'll see if he's a winner. That like you'll see. You'll find out if he's if he's a Devin Booker or if he's a legit dude. Right. That that's that is exactly what would happen. That would be interesting. That'd be so interesting. And who cares about the jazz anyway? Like Bro, wait, who cares? Yeah, seriously. Like Yeah. And here's the thing, too, that kind of makes me nervous. If they're gonna trade Donovan Mitchell, they're not keeping Rudy Gobert. He's going to be a Maverick. Are you if ready for a, that? Bro, he's, he better not be. Are you ready for that? Because it's happening. Dude, if he becomes a Maverick, I would lose my mind. I would... Actually, that's that's not what would happen. Here's, here's what would happen. He actually helps you guys during, a lot. Well, during the regular season, I think I would be, like, super excited because we'd win 50-something games and be probably a top three seed. And I'd be like, Rudy Gobert, let's go. Defensive player of the year. Contract's worth it, baby. Defensive player of the year. I love it. Zach Gray was right all along about Rudy Gobert. (laughs) And then we would play whoever. Doesn't even matter. In the first round. And they would put the guy, they would go small. They'd put the guy in the corner. And I would watch Rudy Gobert do the half and half, try to get out to the corner, try, try to defend the rim. And I would immediately be like, this is why, this is why I didn't want to make this trade. I think that's exactly what would happen. You know, I was listening to a, a Mavericks focused podcast today, and I don't know if it was I think it was you. I'm assuming it was. I made no, it was Lun. I made my pitch for Mo Bamba. I want the Mavericks to go get Mo Bamba. And they said it today on the Mavericks Focus podcast that I listened to. And I was like, this is I was on this first. That was my first. Why do you thought. want Mo Bamba? Dude, I think he fits perfectly. Yeah, shot, but he, does he move the needle? Shot shot forty two percent from three this year. Does he move the needle though? Oh, okay. I does Rudy Gobert move the needle? He, yes, he's, significantly. He's okay. Luca would get the best out of him on the offensive end. Luca would get the best out of Obama on the offensive end. No, he averaged, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, he. I mean, look, he he gets a rim run and do those things. It'd be a lot, a lot of screen and roll, which would probably make things easier on Luca. He's not having to play one on one as much. But and like I, I, I get what he does defensively. It's just. I've seen Rudy Gobert get played off the floor two years in a row in a playoff series. And yeah. it's just, it's really hard for me to want a guy like that, you know? Especially Do you when you're think paying you win him more a games lot of money. with Rudy Gobert or Obama. Be honest. I think as of right now, I think you win more with Rudy Gobert. But I think in two or three years, you win more with Mobamba. Just because, like, Mobamba. He, I think he's just more versatile, especially on offense. Like, like I said, shot like forty-two percent from three this year. Um, can finish around the rim, can set screens, can can roll. You know, average you know two and a half blocks, uh, or a little a little under two and a half blocks a game this year. So he has the ability to protect the rim. He's also more athletic, and so if he does get switched on just onto a guard, he's going to hold his own better. And so I, I think from that perspective, I, I think he's a better fit. Because you, you can still space the floor with him when he's out there. and But at the end of the day, like, if I could get anybody, the answer is, is DeAndre Ayton. We, oh, we, yes. We, we still don't know if the Suns are going to pay him. And I, I said on the pod a couple weeks ago, I was like, if the Mavericks can get DeAndre Ayton, I would pay J- Jalen Brunson $25 million a year, and I would run it back. Really? I think, he moved, I think Ayton would move the needle a ton for Dallas. Yeah, no, like, I, I think that's like the white whale for Dallas. If they can get their hands on Aiton, they're probably Top. favorites. 
I love. Yes, let's go with it. <laughs> I mean, th- I mean, think about it. Uh, yeah, I, Aiton will have more freedom. He'll get more touches. He'll get he'll way more to touches, affect- which will he'll make him happier. To- which means he'll play harder on defense. He'll be able to. I think he'll have some more freedom to be able to play an offensive game that's not, you know, just rim running or lob threats. Like I think, you know, he'll be. They'll since he is going to be that second option, that second guy. I think. You know, them having two guards in Phoenix, it's tough for him to start creating offense or create offense for himself. For sure. I think with Luca, you know, I think Luca will be able to to let him work a little bit and let him get in some space. And I think that's the guy you want to get. That is the, that's the guy. Like I said, if I get anybody, it's him. Let's not get around the fact that we have three names in the conversation and one does not fit. Tom Obama. Yes, he's good. He's he played. He had a good season on a really bad team, but other than that, he's been terrible. I'm just saying, like fit wise, I, I think he would fit well. But but that's like a role right. player. Yes, for sure, Pro- probably. Yeah, but and the other thing too, I like about Aiton is he's 22. Like your yeah, young. young cores in place, Brunson, Aiton, Luca, like and it's in place for a long time. Because I, you know, I, I one thing that I've never understood is why Dallas doesn't attract free agents. Because it's, you know, big, big, big market. You're in Texas, so, you know, there's no income on on the money that you make. Or there's no tax on your income. Like, it's got a lot to offer. And you're, like I said, you're in a, the fifth largest market in, in the country. Yep. And for some reason, they don't attract free agents. Maybe it's because, you know, they haven't had players there that people want to play with. But obviously, like, if you're anybody and you could play with anybody in the league, Luke is up there with, you know, the LeBrons and the Kevin Durants of the world, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, we we didn't get into that at all. The Nets, man, the 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 punishment just keeps coming for him. You know, you, got, you you got you got Kevin Durant's former team coming out of the West, and you got Kyrie's former team coming out of the East. It's more of an indictment on Kyrie than KD, though. Yeah. Oh, everybody knows sure. that KD could. Everybody knows what KD can do. What could? But you know, Kyrie hasn't proved anything since the one season that he got. He went to the finals and you know had the best player in the world on his team. Yep, exactly, and I will say it's it's hard. I guess to prove. you could say that about Durant too. He hasn't won without you know that super team that's in yeah. well, he, he, Golden he, State. He, he had the injury, and you know that all that kind of you know affects it. But you're right; like, yeah. he hasn't. And the thing with Kyrie too is like you know it's it's kind of hard to prove yourself when you only played twenty something games. Yeah. Did you see Jalen Rose voted him third team All NBA? Yeah, then he admitted he goofed. Still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Still, but. <laughs> We, you and I should have votes for, for all NBA. I would like to have a vote. I, I think we should, honestly, like at this point. But dude. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're the number one, we're the best podcast in Oxford, Ohio's market. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, we're probably the second best podcast here, here in the indie market behind the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're Al? actually getting a studio soon. We should. Just, just like his with, with the basketball court inside. Dude, yep. the hoop sessions would be incredible. Yeah, you get blasted out of the off the okay. floor. Speaking of hoop sessions, bro. Okay, so if you're wondering where where is T Lang, he, I don't I don't know what's up with him, man. Do we want T Lang on the podcast? I don't know. That's that's actually a legit question because do we really want T? I did, mean, what, the last time he was I'm on here, he didn't say anything. What did he bring? What did he bring? I mean, he asked a couple like interesting questions, and I I texted him afterwards. I was like, bro, like, are you not going to talk? He was like, I just. His quote was, he said, you and ZG, you and ZG's personalities are just so 
I don't, I don't remember what word he used, but it was like, it, it was a compliment to you and me. He was like, I just want to help bring that out. It was like, fair. Producer. Producer T-Line. You, you know who he is? He is like the, the like, I don't know the girl's name on Undisputed. But like He's the, girl the who, Mo Bamba who, of the 2022 Mavericks. Or okay. 2023 Mavericks. Role player. Yeah. Okay, I... And we, if he said nice things about me, I take it back. He did. I love T Lang. I love T Lang, and I'm just kidding. But if we he said do. nice things about me, then I'm sorry, T Lang. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, no. Here's here's what. So he's he's doing something right now. If I had to make a bet, he's probably somewhere in a cage, sitting 95. That's probably what he's doing right now. So you ever throw 95? Okay, sitting like 91, 88. <laughs> 88? <laughs> <laughs> Tough. T-Lang out here catching straights because he didn't want to come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. So if we're, if we're nice enough to, to extend you an invitation to come on the podcast, you yeah. better say yes or we're going to come on here and we're going to talk on. about you. Yeah. But, okay, I, I, I do need to ask you this because you, you're the one who brought up my Mavericks. Um, would you pay Brunson? I don't know. I don't know because I don't know the plan. If they, if they had a plan in place where, you know, they had an idea that they were going to get someone else you can't run it back. I know you made it to the West Finals, but you can't run it back with the same team. You can't. If Brunson's a casualty in that, I'm okay with that if it's the right player or the right piece. If he's if if he is a part of the plans, I'm cool with that too. He's okay. not he's not untouchable. I'll put it that way. I totally agree. Like I said, if they're able to bring in Aiton, I, I would pay him. If not, I'd sign him for twenty mil a year max. If if he leaves, I have one interesting name. And another one that's that Lunn actually brought up that I think would also be interesting. Zach Levine is a free agent. He's going to the Lakers. You think so? Yeah. Man, I don't know. He's going to the Lakers. If you're I'm speaking it into existence, but like if from okay, you're just saying that because you want to see LeBron be be great again, and that's fine. I also want to see. I, I also want to see. Well, yeah, like th- he's always great. Okay, all right, man. Okay. He just averaged thirty in year nineteen. Okay, fine. Also didn't make the playoffs, but that's 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 beside the point, though. Anyway, so I've, as a guy who would love to see Zach Levine in a Mavericks jersey, especially if Brunson doesn't come back, if you're if you're Zach Levine and you're sitting there and he's what twenty seven, you're like, dang man, I can go, I can go play with LeBron, who's thirty seven, probably only has like a few years left, and then his kid's gonna come in the league, and then he's gone. Anthony Davis is only playing like forty games a year. Do I really want to be there for that long term, or uh, do I want to go to Dallas and play with the best player in the world? Man, that's a that's a tough decision. Uh, I think you're <laughs> underselling L.A. Do you, do you really think so? Yeah, I think I think there. I think he likes he likes the Lakers. He said that publicly. He can go play I with think all. There's a chance. He can go play with all of his childhood heroes because they're all thirty eight. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they're old. They're old, but I think I think there's a a real appeal in being the guy in LA. And fair enough. You know, even if you get even if Anthony Davis isn't, you know, 100% of what we what he has been, you know, you still got a pretty good but team he doesn't, there. My my concern isn't him being 100% of what he has been. My concern is is he going to be healthy? Like yeah, like that's that, that's that's, that's the number one thing with him, man. Like, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like if if he comes back and he can be on the floor you know, consistently, he doesn't even have to be like the crazy AD. Like he just has to be, you know, 75, 80% of them. 
And I think, you know, you can build with Levine and AD once LeBron leaves. Okay, that's that's true. The other thing, too, is I think if I'm the Lakers, my selling point is is this. It's, look, man, LeBron, he's, he's going to be 38 this year. We want to lighten his load during the regular season. So well, They've so, been saying that for years, but, and it never happens. But you can't do that this year because of the injuries. And I think part of the plan in that was, like, the plan was Anthony Davis is going to be healthy, so he can kind of be the main workhorse during the regular season. But because he wasn't, and Russell Westbrook was awful like it, it had it had to be lebron or else you didn't have a shot at making the playoffs and so if you bring in a guy like zach levine who has stayed healthy he can 100 percent be that for you because he is a bucket he's a certified bucket yeah. he's an all-star he is yeah it, yes very much so and so i think that like that is definitely the selling point and then look man like you have lebron james on your team you know that when you get to the playoffs the odds are in your favor like, I mean, yeah. that's, that's got to be the, the selling point, right? Yeah, I, I think that's what you think, yeah. Also, did you see that the Trailblazers are going to trade or are looking at trading the number seven overall pick? I did not. Do you want to, are we doing all this now or do you want to have a preview or like a draft preview? I was kind of thinking we would go that route. Yeah, we can do a draft preview later. That's probably better. Yeah. Cause Cause, I, yeah, that's fair. I imagine I imagine I'll be on at some point during the middle of the series. Yes, you will, for sure. I'll definitely be on after. Without a doubt. And then we can tease our, our draft thing there. Yeah. Cause then let's let's do it up. Let's actually let's do like a let's, pretty let's do it properly. Yeah. Draft preview. Okay. Sounds fair. Okay. I'm with That's that. how you tease it. That is That's how, how you tease, tease it. it. That is how you tease they it. They teach you that over there? They, they do they do teach me that over here. <laughs> you, you didn't even have to be taught, man. You just did it. Well, obviously, I'm half kidding. But seriously, though, like I think our best episodes are are um, draft like previews. Like oh, I think for sure, historically, you know, NFL draft, NBA draft, we do a really good job with those. We so, do. Um, you know, it helps when you're when you're nerds. And for me, like I have yeah. a job <laughs> where I can just like do that stuff all the time, and I, I enjoy doing it. So. Yeah, my my draft stance I think is pretty different from a lot of people's, especially with this year's uh, NBA draft. That's all I'm going to say. Your article, if you haven't read Jonathan's article on the on his idea for the draft um, in the lottery, oh, I would dude. check that out. It's a great idea. Do we want to get into this? Idea. This what'd you say? I don't think this th- this doesn't step on the toes of uh, of us doing a draft preview. No. Okay. Here's my idea. If you haven't read it, um, they should do the NBA lottery the same day as the NBA draft. I think, dude, you talk about top-tier television, that is top, especially sports. And, you know, there's, you know, the the NFL dominates so much of everything in, like, the sports industry when we think of best. Like, they have probably the best regular, they, they have the best regular season of all of them. The Super Bowl is always an incredible event. But the NFL draft, let's just be honest, it's three days long, you're really only paying attention to like the first 30 minutes of it and then you're kind of done with it. For, well, for most people. people for most people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the NBA, you should do, you should draw the ping pong balls in the morning at, you know, like 10 a.m. The players are already there. Like the legit prospects, they're at the draft lottery anyway. It's like n- nothing really changes there. So you draw them in New York City in front of a crowd where you're able to get legit reactions from fans. Like, like, could you imagine having 
you know, like the Pacers, not the Pacers, excuse me, the Trailblazers were supposed to have a top five pick. And then you see them pop up at number seven. Could you imagine having Trailblazers fans there and just the reaction of it? <laughs> like, it, it would be awesome. And then the Magic, who aren't supposed to land the number one overall pick, they, they do, having that reaction from fans. Like, that, that would be incredible. And then on top of that, you then have the mad 10-hour scramble of, you know, who, who are we going to draft where? What is this team going to do? What trades do we potentially want to make? And, you know, I, I, told him, I, I ran this idea by, uh, by Matt, and he was like, man, like, I just think that that's like a lot of stress and pressure to put on an organization's future. But I, just, I don't think it changes that much because, like, you still have your draft board. Like, teams know who they probably want to draft before the lottery even happens. The lottery just tells them who's legitimately available. So whether that happens a month before the draft or, or 10 hours before, it doesn't matter. And so they just move their boards accordingly to like, oh, we thought, you know, we were going to be able to get Paolo with this pick, but we ended up landing lower, so instead we're going to get Keegan Murray. Right? Like, that's, that's what happens. On top of it, you're talking trades beforehand, too, I guarantee you. Like, you know, GMs are on the phone saying, hey, you know, like if we land, you know, like, like if, if you're Portland, right? Like, you know that if you land the seventh pick or whatever— then you're probably going to look to trade it. Whereas you know that if you land a top three pick, you're probably going to keep it. So I don't think it really changes it that much there either. So I've, I think it'd be incredible. It's a great idea. It'll never happen like you said, but it's an incredible idea. Yeah, I, I had that idea the other day. And I, I texted you and I had it and I was like, we need to do a pod on this because I think it would be awesome. It's a great idea. And yeah, that and then I've, I've got crazy ideas for the NBA. Also, th- this needs to happen next year. The NBA All-Star Draft does not need to happen a week before the All-Star game. It needs to happen five minutes before. They need to walk out playground like style. Like recess style? Like recess, yes. bro. Because then, because like, you know, part of the fun, I think, in watching the All-Star draft is you get to see the looks on the captain's faces when they draft guys. Imagine seeing, like, the look on James Harden's face when he goes last amongst the All-Star yeah. starters. And he's, like, low-key salty about it. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea. That's a great idea, too. Yeah. You're I've, all about it today. I'm I'm all about, you know, the, the the creative ideas. I definitely think that's one of my strengths. And then the dude, the NFL. They're they're redoing the uh, the Pro Bowl stuff. Oh, come on. They they need to. The Pro Bowl. They're, the, they're redoing all that. I, the Pro Bowl has to. never hasn't entered my mind in like eight years. You know what's wild? So, you know, I'm I'm a big uh, Colin Cowherd guy. I think his favorite thing to bring up is that the Pro Bowl rates better than like some of the NBA finals games. Which is absurd. Yeah. On every level. On every level. That's absolutely yeah. absurd. And you gotta be a weirdo to watch the Pro Bowl. You do, because it's guys who just like they they don't care. Their number one concern is I don't want to get hurt. Half of the good players don't play in it because they're getting ready for the Super Bowl. So like, you know, like it, it needs to be changed. You know, they've tried to add some different things, but like I'll be honest, bro. Don't care to watch Jarvis Landry play dodgeball. Sorry. Yep. Don't don't care. I do think I used to love the skills competitions that they used to play when I was a kid. Like they used to do like the throwing competitions. Well, they they still got like, stuff like that. It's just I know, but it was just different when I was a kid. Just nostalgic. Fair. I just I don't know, man. What what I still want to see for baseball, they they need a, a skills challenge. Like, you know, you, you We've talked about this. I agree. Like you you pit the the home run derby as like your your NBA slam dunk contest. Like it's the final event of the night. That's the one that people show up for. But like beforehand, because like there's so much more that goes into baseball outside of just hitting the ball 450 feet. Because, you know, there's guys like me who just can't do that. But still bring— There's guys like me. Who can hit it like 
you know, some some wall scrapers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, excuse me. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Forgot. I'm I'm talking to the Triple Crown winner. Oh, God. What do you mean, bro? That's awesome, dude. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But no. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fun. Enough bragging about me. Uh, <laughs> skills challenge. Let's, I want to, I want like a knockout fielding challenge. I want like a. Dude, I want. I want, I want like a, a throwing contest. I want. I want a throwing contest from the outfield where they. They give you targets, right? Like, like let's say you get eight eight throws. No, let's go let's go nine throws, okay? And we gun you, and so you get points based off of how hard you throw the ball, and then you have targets like at each base, and you get points for where you hit the target. I think that would be awesome because then because I don't think people realize how hard these guys are throwing it from the outfield. Like, there's yeah. guys getting up there at like you know like one hundred three, one hundred four, and they're just letting it rip. And yeah. the accuracy on top of it, like, I want to see that. I want to see a catcher challenge where we, we clock their pop-up times. Because I'm sick and tired of getting on Twitter and seeing these high school prospects who are popping like a 1-6. You're yet, not. And Yachty's only popping a 1-8. Like, come on now. Yeah, you're not. You're not You're not even popping over, like, anywhere. You're not even getting close to two seconds. Like, you're not. stop. And, like, two seconds. Like, if, look, if you're popping a two. That's, that's like, average. That's MLB very average. good. Like, that's... Yeah. That's MLB average. It is. And like the highest one's like a one, the best one's like a one eight seven. Like if, you're, like, if you pop a one eight, you're the best catch and throw, you're the best catch and throw catcher in the league. Like, yeah. You're not, the little Johnny over there at Jacksonville High School ain't popping a two. No, like, he's not at all. Shout out to the, uh, the, the Titans. Thank you. Not you. Not, <laughs> I know I said little Johnny, but I wasn't referring to you. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact I caught bullpens my sophomore year. And uh, almost broke my thumb because stopped catching. immediately stopped catching. Immediately. Yep. Like, <laughs> my my coach came over. I, thankfully, I, I didn't break it. He was like, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. Because, you know, Do you like— think people the, are still listening to this? I, I think so. I think it's interesting. Because, <laughs> like, I, I, I covered—you can't see my hand, but, like, I put my top hand on top of my glove because, like, you know, when you feel a ground ball, like, your hand goes on top. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like a habit and it skipped up and it popped my thumb. And then Coach B said, Yeah, you're not you're not catching anymore, buddy. And I was like, Thank you. I don't want to catch bullpens. This sucks. Yeah. I uh I had a left handed catcher's mitt when I was a kid and I used it. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I love that. I think oh man, speaking of left handed catchers, were you there? I don't think you were. So we played I think it was my sophomore year. We played against a team whose catcher only had one hand. Yeah, I was there. I was coaching. Oh, that was my freshman year. And the ball got, I don't remember what happened. But basically, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not fast. I finally accepted it. Basically, the kid had to take his glove off to throw it. And by the time I tried to score, he had picked his glove up, put it back on, and tagged me. Yep. Tough moment for the kid. Yep. I'm sure that didn't feel great. It did not. And my, the crazy thing is the thought no process was— No one knew how to was, react either. The it thought, was kind of awkward. The thought process was he's not going to have time to put his glove back on and catch it by the time I score. And that yep. obviously didn't happen. It was just like a—I remember that because no one knew how to react. Because I—yeah, no one knew how to react. I'll keep it there. <laughs> the look, I don't even remember what Alan said to me. It was something like, Jonathan. I think that was it. I think he just said my name and then like just let it linger. Yep. Yeah, but shout I, out Bucky Lagrange. I did, I did avenge that because my sophomore year I stole home. It's it's on YouTube. You can find it. I'll have to, <laughs> I have to get on YouTube tonight and watch it. 
Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> I mean, w- w- like, w- what else is there to watch? You know, Stranger oh, Things. I spend too much time on YouTube. I was telling my girlfriend that videos that I've already seen are popping up on my recommended. Um, so even YouTube's running out of ideas for me. Tough, dude. YouTube's yeah. YouTube's so addictive. I've and it's just like the the worst page to watch on YouTube is Dude Perfect. It's not even close. You, you belong. You would fit in perfectly on Dude Perfect, bro. You talk. Thank you. I I'll, I will take that as a compliment. So here here's the thing. Like if you because like you watch one thing and you're just like that was so cool. I'm gonna watch another one. And then you look up three hours later and you've just seen so many. In just different things. Also, uh, if you're a music guy and you're into like musical comedy, Daniel Thrasher's top tier. I'll have to check him out. I've Bro, never heard of him. In college, me and my buddy Colt, he showed him to me. He showed me one video. It's like, look, I love puns. I'm, I'm just, I'm not afraid to admit it, man. That's They're, why you belong on Dude Perfect. That is why I belong on Dude Perfect. It's very true. And, you know, it's just like a thing for me. And so he makes this like musical pun video. That I that's so funny. I love it. And then you know, three hours, three not even joking. Three hours later, we looked up from his phone. That's because it was about to die. That's crazy. Wild. I get like that too. I get like that too. But mine are like, uh, like film theory. I don't know. I'm so inter- I'm into I'm into like TV show theories and film theory and all kinds okay. of stuff. I'm here for that. Also, by the way, this is like the definition of of shooting the Schmidt. Like, we're not yeah. even talking about sports anymore. We're just literally just just talking about whatever. Yeah, no one's listening right now. So, are you? So. I have to ask now because you're in TV shows and stuff. Are you you watching uh, Stranger Things? No. Here's the thing: it's I only look at stuff that I've already watched, and I haven't been able to watch anything new. So, are you going of, uh, to watch it? Let me ask. You no, that. I'm not a Stranger Things guy. I don't what? think I've ever seen one episode. That's absurd. Uh, you an Ozark guy? I watched the first season. What do you watch? Uh, usually, like, a lot of the stuff is, like, you know, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul or okay. stuff like that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. You, you know what he doesn't watch? Rudy, one of the greatest sports movies ever. Overrated. <laughs> Just like The Sandlot. Speaking of which, I had an idea for, for Top 10 Tuesday. Because that's definitely making a comeback dur- during the summer, when there's when there's nothing to talk about because the Reds and Cubs are both sitting at the bottom of the NL <laughs> Central. We need to do. Well, this is how we'll title it because we're definitely going to pick up some listeners, but before this, we're going to title it "Top Ten Personal Athletes." Okay, and pretty much every athlete we list is going to have to have some part of our name in there. Does that make sense? That's so hard for me. So, like, well, your name's Zach Gray. There's plenty, like, like you could throw Zach Britton on your list. Hopefully, he doesn't make your list. That means that— Grayson Allen? Yeah, there you go. Oh, I hate this idea. <laughs> this would be—dude. And then I would have to go, like, Jonathan Papelbon. You have so many good—you you have so many good options. I have Steve, no, Steve I have Smith Zach Sr. Randolph. Okay, what if we Zach went, Randolph. like— what, what if we went, like, personal attributes as well, right? So, like— so like I I could throw in like Chris Paul because we're both five eight, <laughs> and you could yeah. throw in any six two. I, I'll actually no, excuse me, six seven athlete ever. We're gonna boost you up a little bit. Okay, I'll take six seven. <laughs> yeah, I think, dude. Imagine being T Lang and having to do that. That'd be tough. Yeah, he pro- he probably relate to like Greg Maddox or something. You know, eighty five to eighty eight. <laughs> 
But but he's got he's got no movement though. Like the, the fastball from T Lang's flat, so I don't think he could do that. As an arrow. It's hardly just BP. That's what we should call yeah. him. We call him T Lang. We should really just call him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> call him BP. All right. <laughs> we've, we've gone off the rails. We will see you on we'll see you somewhere between games two and four. Somewhere between games two and four. Um I know my plan is to do hopefully a podcast after every game. You know, obviously, you know, ZG's a busy guy and I am too, and I, all the solo podcasts are recorded at like 1 a.m., so ZG will not be on for those. I can nope. say that pretty confidently. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on, bro. You know, it's it's always a pleasure. It's my favorite thing to do. I'm here for that. When when I make it big, because it's, it's, it's going to happen at some point, and I have my own, my own podcast network. How many times have I told you that you're going to make it? The gray area is coming to somewhere near you, right? The is gray it, area. Is, is that what I've we're already going got with? a name for it, yes. I'm here for it. Oh, it's exciting. All right. Thank you all again so much for listening. Thank you again, Zach, for being willing to come on and listen to my, I wouldn't call it my, I wouldn't call it tomfoolery. It used to be. It used to be. But it's, You came a long way, my man. Hey, so have you, man. Fun fact, Andy Dalton, top, top 10 quarterback in the league. I was backed against the wall. That's where this started. That's the, that's the <laughs> best part about this. This doesn't happen if we don't have that conversation. <laughs> the origin story just, it gets better and better. All right, for real, we're done. We're done. Thank you all again so much for listening. I'll be back with another podcast for you guys on Thursday, recapping game one of the NBA Finals, and I will talk to you all then. <laughs>